college basketball is a business. So being that it's a business, the university is getting paid, the coaches are getting paid. I don't understand why the players couldn't get paid because the players are the talent. You know, that's what everybody is coming to see. Welcome to the Sports Business Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Berger. You can find the Sports Business Radio Podcast over 13 years, 400 episodes featuring conversations with people like Mark Cuban, David Stern, Jeannie Buss, Charles Barkley, Jack Nicholas, and Kyrie Irving on iTunes or at sportsbusinessradio.com. We're ranked in the top 100 of the business news podcast section on iTunes. The Sports Business Radio Podcast, why should you listen? We're going to help you learn directly from top sports and business executives, athletes turned business people, content creators, and those working in and around the sports world. Whether you work in the sports or business world, you're a student trying to work in sports, or you just want to add overall business skills to your tool belt. We're going to bring you knowledge that you can apply to your life immediately after listening to our podcast each week. Follow us in between podcasts on Twitter at SB Radio. We've been named a top 50 followed by Forbes.com for three consecutive years. And on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. My guest on this week's show is Rod Strickland, NBA veteran, prep legend in New York City. Came up with the famed AAU team, the New York City Gauchos, member of the New York City Basketball Hall of Fame. He starred at DePaul University, first round pick by the New York Knicks. He also has the other side of the perspective, the assistant coach at Memphis in Kentucky under coach John Calipari. He was an assistant at the University of South Florida, and he has two kids who are playing high school basketball who are coming up through the system right now. I wanted to have Rod on this week because of this NCAA investigation that's going on. We've seen Rick Pitino fired. We've seen this is going to be widespread. It's going to affect college coaches, it's going to affect shoe companies, it's going to affect the AAU circuit, it's going to affect agents. It's widespread. And here's a guy, Rod Strickland, who has had a pretty good viewpoint, vantage point of all of these different angles. So Rod Strickland is going to join me on this week's episode. Looking forward to that conversation. All right, before we get to the show, I want to talk about something that happened this week. Cam Newton, quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, was doing a routine press conference, and he was asked this question by Jordan Rodrigue, who is the Charlotte Observer beat reporter for the Carolina Panthers. Listen. I know you take a lot of pride in seeing your receivers play well. Devin Funches has seemed to really embrace the physicality of his routes and, and making getting those extra yards. Does that give you a little bit of an enjoyment to see him kind of trusting the people out there? It's funny to hear a female talk about routes. Like, it's funny. So as you can imagine, in this day and age, you can't say something like that. And this story has blown up. Cam Newton is being harshly criticized. And I'll tell you, if you listen to this show, you know that I have a 12-year-old daughter. You probably know that I grew up the only boy in a family of four sisters. Uh, this is appalling to me. In this day and age, where women who have been in the locker room for a long time have done a great job. One of my friends is Christine Brennan, who was one of the first female reporters in the locker room decades ago. This is so disrespectful to women, this comment. And the other thing that's really disrespectful is I work in locker rooms all the time and I tell the athletes, know who your beat reporters are. Those are the people you see every day. Know their name. Develop a relationship with them. 
Jordan has covered Cam Newton and the Panthers for two years now. Cam Newton didn't know her name. How do you not know someone that you see every day after practice, after games? That's disrespectful in and of itself. But when you answer a question like that, it shows what you think of women. And as I say all the time, you know, a lot of athletes put on a face. And it's their external face. But every once in a while, you'll get to see the real them. Cam Newton showed you the real him this week. Is it because he's sexist? Is it because he was raised the wrong way and didn't doesn't respect women? Did he just slip up and have a bad day? I don't think so. I think this is rooted in his upbringing and how he thinks about women. It's a real problem. The NFL had to apologize. The Carolina Panthers had to apologize. You're going to look at Cam Newton differently now. And by the way, Cam Newton has like a 43 quarterback rating right now. So it's not like he's playing at an MVP level. So that doesn't help him in this situation either. But between moping after the Super Bowl a few years ago after they lost and not wanting to do interviews to this situation now, it's not the Cam Newton that you see wearing the flamboyant suits. It's not the guy that you see in the commercials. This is the real Cam Newton. And I'll tell you what, he better change. He better become more sensitive to the world around him. He better not be sexist anymore. Or that's what people are going to remember about his career more so than anything that he's done on the football field. I expect to see an apology from Cam Newton. I expect to see him uh, develop a relationship with his beat reporters, including Jordan. By the way, that was a great question. Because most of the time at press conferences, I've sat in press conferences. Hey, what do you think about this week's opponent? Hey, what do you think about the coach? Hey, what do you think about the deep? Like, it's very general. This was a very specific question. It showed Jordan's knowledge of route trees and of this particular receiver that she was talking about. So it was a very knowledgeable question that she asked. And this was the disrespectful response from Cam Newton. I think it's 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 really look there's there's a lot of bad things going on in the world but this gives you a little bit of a glimpse of the education that still needs to be done for male athletes in the locker room. All right, coming up next, Rod Strickland, NBA vet, prep legend, started to Paul University. He's coached on the NCAA level under coach John Calipari. A very frank, candid conversation on the state of the NCAA. AAU basketball, agents, shoe companies, the whole culture, and what needs to change. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio is sponsored by Boingo Wireless, the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. Today's sports fans expect strong, fast mobile connections at their favorite stadiums. Research shows that fans will leave at halftime if they cannot get connected, which is part of the reason why professional and collegiate sports venues alike work with Boingo to manage their wireless networks. As the world's leading connectivity expert, Boingo knows how to make a venue's vision for the connected fan experience a reality. They are the only company that can provide end-to-end wireless service so teams can focus on the big game, not on their network. Boingo designs, installs, and manages Wi-Fi and cellular networks at university stadiums like K-State and the University of Houston and major league venues like Soldier Field, Phillips Arena, and Vivint Smart Home Arena. We're excited to showcase how technology is changing the business of sports, led by companies like Boingo. Boingo connects you to the people and things you love, like sports. For more information, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com.
My guest is Rod Strickland. He played in the NBA. You can find him on Twitter at Rod underscore Strickland. He's got a great perspective on basketball. He was a prep legend in New York, a member of the New York City Basketball Hall of Fame. He starred at DePaul University, first-round pick by the New York Knicks in 1988, played in the NBA for many years, and then was an assistant coach at Memphis, Kentucky, and the University of South Florida. Rod, thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great respect for your game. I, I always thought you were one of the more underrated players uh, in the NBA. I actually uh, was living in Portland and, and worked for the Blazers for a little bit when you played for the Blazers. So, uh, you know, congratulations oh, wow. on a great career because uh, I, I just thought at your time you were one of the best point guards around. So uh, it's good to have Thank you on you. the I show. That. Yeah, no Thank problem. You. Thanks a lot. Let me start with... You know, the FBI is doing an ongoing investigation into college basketball, shoe companies, agents. We've already seen Rick Pitino fired. The athletic director at Louisville was fired. I wanted to have you on the show this week because you have a really unique perspective. As a prep legend, you played for the New York Gauchos, the famed AAU team. You played on the big stage at DePaul University. You played in the NBA, and you've coached as well. Let's start with the AAU culture. Um, you know, I know you played mm-hmm. AAU ball long ago, but you have a, a son who's playing high school basketball now, so you still see how that culture works. Explain to our audience a little bit what that culture is like. Uh, yeah, well, I have two sons that's playing. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it's definitely different from the times, you know, with, that I grew up in. You know, I think, I think back then, and I hate the back then and now thing, but back then you had coaches for the most part that were kind of mentors and kind of uh you know they looked at it as a opportunity to show what they can do and you know obviously further themselves as much as they can but you know they were about uh developing uh teams and getting teams better and getting players better i think now you know i mean it's business let's let's you know you gotta take it put it in perspective you know so many years ago when I was just coming up and now, you know, it's become big business. So now the agendas have crossed a little bit, you know, because you have shoe companies, you know, you have kids that, you know, from fifth, sixth, seventh grade believe they're pros. I mean, they're getting, uh, uh, they're getting publicity. They have YouTube. They have all these outlets and social media to show themselves and to promote themselves. So it's a, it's, it's just different. So everybody's thinking pros and, you know, everybody has agendas and everybody's trying to get to a certain place. So things are different. You know, when you look at AAU teams, you know, now you may have a team that is surrounded by one guy or two guys and they may say that's, this is their team. And now you got the other players who just got to fit in. Whereas, you know, a little further back, you know, you develop everybody and whoever's good enough or going to be good enough, you know, you, you know, you always figure that out, you know, but now it's almost like guys from the beginning are said to be those guys and then are promoted, you know, basically like pros and kind of pampered and kind of pushed. And, uh, you know, so it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot different. It's a lot more going on. You know, I'm not saying right or wrong because, you know, I think it becomes a culture more than individuals, and uh, that probably has to be changed. So I'm not 
you know, trying to directly blame anybody or, or, or down anybody. But I think the culture and the system has to change because you have kids. You know, you're making these kids believe that they're more than they are at, at this point in their lives. You know, you get fourth, fifth, sixth grade, you know, with these YouTube things, YouTube videos, and, you know, you tell them how great they're going to be. Well, we don't know. You know what I mean? And and, and you kind of create you know, uh, that sense of entitlement uh, and then kind of thinking that it's going to be like that. And then in the future, you know, when reality hits, you know, things change. You know, it's just, I don't know, it can be damaging. You know, uh, I don't know. I just remember going from being in sixth, seventh grade and not knowing if I was good enough to be in high school, to being in high school, not knowing if I was good enough, or I shouldn't say not good enough, but how good I was and how good I measure up in college and then going to college and then finally figuring out, dang, I may have a chance to be a pro. So from seventh grade, I didn't believe I was a pro. So I always had something to look forward to. I always thought I had to get better. I always had some fire and a desire to show people that I was better. I never was complacent because I didn't think I was there yet. So it just, I don't know, it just creates a lot of different things. So other than not telling these kids that, you know, they're they're born to be pros in sixth grade, what are some other things that you think could be done to change the culture? You just mentioned the culture needs to change. I mean, look, we know shoe companies for the most part, are sponsoring a lot of these AAU teams. You know, Rod, I'll tell you, I used to work with uh, Nike long ago and and help them with their All-America camp. So I've seen all of this up front. I've seen the AAU culture. I've seen the elite high school basketball culture. I had a front row seat to it, and I've seen what has gone on. Before, you mentioned that the culture needs to change and that a lot of these kids are told from the time they're in sixth grade that they're born to be pros. What else needs to change with the culture? Well, I mean, I think, you know, uh, coaching probably, you know, probably need to, to, to take a look at all the coaches and make sure uh, that their, that their agenda is right. And it's about the kids and, you know, they understand that they're mentors and they're leaders and, you know, to act a certain way and just to be qualified to be uh, heading young kids. Uh, and, you know, obviously you have the sneaker companies who, who do, you know, kind of control the AU circuit. Uh, you know, maybe you open it up some and not just direct it towards these few kids who you think or you're, you're, you're projecting to be the guy, because there's plenty of kids out here, and we see it all the time when you go into the NBA. If you look at the NBA, a lot of those guys are guys you didn't hear of coming up, you know, and they had to fight and, you know, get better and get better. So I think you can open it up more. Uh, I don't know. You just have to take <clears> – I don't know. It's just so much maneuvering going on. Uh, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what you have to do, but I think, uh, you know, you have to look at the coaching. You have to look, uh, you know, at, at how much control maybe the sneaker companies have. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's a lot. There's, there probably has to be a big conversation about a lot of things. <laughs> you tweeted out recently the idea of a recruiter has always been a problem. Kids need coaches mentors development 
um, you know, you kind of just touched on that. But it sounds like, you know, a lot of these AAU coaches have been labeled as more of a recruiter than a coach. Would you agree with that? Well, this is what I would say to that. I don't want to – this is what what I meant. I think there are times – no, not times, but I believe that this catchword recruiting or recruiters, which you have to be a recruiter because you have to get players, but I think that opens up the door sometimes for, for, for guys or for people who are not totally qualified. You know, if I can just become a recruiter and bring you players – does that mean I'm a coach? Does that mean I even care? Does that mean I'm a mentor? Does that mean I'm going to do the right thing? Or it's just that I can get you kids? So I think sometimes we use this recruiting. Every time you hear of a coach getting hired, it's always, he's a great recruiter. He has recruiting ties uh, at this place or this area. But you never hear about, is he a coach? You know, you know his qualifications, you know. And so... And not that you don't always hear about that, but I just think the recruiting that little word when they use it so much, I, I don't, I don't, I don't totally get it because I just feel like sometimes that's just you're just saying I gotta, you can bring in kids, and so I think that opens up the door, especially because if you're hiring them as recruiters, now you have the pressure of being that recruiter. And now you have to do, you know, by any means necessary to get a kid. You know, you have the pressure of, I'm the recruiter, and if I don't get this kid, you know, am I going to have this job? Uh, There's just so many things with that recruiter. I think at the end of the day, you need coaches, you need mentors, you need need, uh, uh, men who care about kids. And I think if you have the right program and your program is doing well or doing the right things, now that coach or those coaches have to go out there and sell your university. And I think it's the same thing. You know, I, I, I don't know. I just think they're, it's almost like analytics. You know, analytics sometimes taken over for, like, coaches and, 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 and like, history of, of, of knowing what they're doing. And now you put in, you know, sometimes you put in people with analytics. And I think analytics opens the door for Sometimes, and I don't mean this in any disrespectful way, but sometimes it opens the door for unqualified people. And I think sometimes when you say that recruiter, I don't know if they're always qualified. You were heavily recruited back in your day. You just mentioned you have two sons who are playing high school basketball. How have things changed? And I would imagine because of your past experience, you're really able to help your sons go through their process right now, correct? Yeah, uh, it's just changed because there's, there's so much more. I mean, there's so much more going on. Uh, like I said, there's different agendas, you know. It's almost like the pro game is in the AAU game, <laughs> so it's different. And, you know, there's 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 kids that are going to be pushed more than others uh, because of what people project. You know, I always tell my kids, you know, just not to worry about rankings and all that stuff because a lot of guys who are ranking – are not qualified. You know, they're ranking, you know, guys who are ranking players for coaches. You know, uh, there's, there's, there's scouts who ask coaches who's the best, who are the best players. And so I don't necessarily know if they know. You know, they're getting opinions from other people. So, you know, you just got to keep pushing, keep getting better. And I tell my kids that every day. You stay skilled, uh, stay humble, stay hungry. 
And when your body catches up to everybody else, then you'll know what you really are. And and, and I should say when your body and your mind catches up. Because everybody develops at different times. You know, everybody, everybody in this AU basketball, everybody wants that person or that kid to be the goods right away. You're not always the goods right away. You know, it took me time. You know, it wasn't until my junior year that people knew about me. But I, I had to mature. And there's plenty of uh, kids... If you look at the history of this game and, and who, these, who these pros are, there's plenty of kids who develop late. And then there's some kids who just developed on time. It ain't even about being late. It's just your development. The NCAA started a long time ago, and there wasn't nearly as much money involved as there is today. You know, there's been the debate for years, Rod, about should college athletes be paid? Should we just be above board with all of it and, you know, have it be a free market? What are your thoughts on on paying college athletes and, and you know doing it officially? Well, I, I really don't understand what would be the reasoning for not doing it. I think I would have to hear the reasoning for not doing it, and I think I can answer that question better. But uh, college basketball is a business, so being that it's a business, the universities are getting paid, the coaches are getting paid. I don't understand why the players couldn't couldn't get paid because the players are the talent. You know, that's what everybody is coming to see. So when you see national TV games and, and, the, and the NCAA and the university are getting these big TV deals, it's because of the players. When you see these sneaker companies and you, you hear about sneakers, you hear about the players. You don't hear about coaches wearing a sneaker. You hear who's wearing a sneaker. Uh, the university are put uh, they're, they're putting the sneakers on the players, so I don't understand how they don't benefit from it. And it's not the coach's fault, you know what I mean? I think this Sonny Vaccaro years ago when he started, or I think he was with Nike, if I'm not mistaken, and they started paying coaches. It was because of the players. Let's pay these coaches and get their players to wear these shoes. So at some point in time, I would think that the players should get uh, 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 paid because of that. I mean, they they are the talent. And I know people say the scholarships and all that, but that's really, like, if you really, really look at that, it really doesn't make sense. That scholarship money, we love it. Uh, glad kids are getting education. It's supposed to be student athletes, but a lot of these kids are athletes. And they're part of a business. So uh, I don't know. I just think at some point in time, like I think it's wrong. Like I, I think it's easier for the powers that be to to <clears throat> to not pay these kids because why would I pay them? I mean, if I'm just thinking about myself and all this money, why do I want to share it? You know what I mean? But I think at some point in time it has to be shared, and I think that 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 kind of helps what's going on. You know, because now you take a lot of people out of it and you take a lot of greed out of it if the players are getting paid. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, you know, I've worked around a lot of basketball players and, and football players, and I think they share the sentiment that you just expressed. So when someone comes to them and says, you know what, I've got some money for you, it makes it harder for the college athlete to say no because they feel like, you know what, I should be in on this. Yeah, but just think about it. So a lot of these kids you're taking out of the inner city, so they may not have a whole lot of money. 
you're bringing them into college basketball. Okay, you're giving them a scholarship. And, and I guess you give other kids scholarships too. Those other kids can work. These kids can't work, you know. So they're going into universities and, you know, they don't have any money. You know, I know they get Pell Grants or what have you. Uh, but, you know, it's, they're not – I mean, I'm curious to know why they, why they say they can't work. And I don't even believe they could work because they don't have enough time. Right. But I just – you know, just the rules are just funny to me. I mean, even the rules of of how you feed them. There's so many rules. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm confused because is it about the kids or is it about the university? Because if it's about the kids, you would, you, you just got to, if, if it was a mindset, if you walking in the room of the powers that be and you was a little birdie and you heard them talk, if, if it was really about the kids, the conversation would be different, you know, because you would, you would want them to have as much food as possible. You would, you would believe that, hey, these kids are here, they're working hard, they, they got to go to class. Uh, they got to practice. Uh, you know, they're doing all these things. There should be some compensation for them. They shouldn't walk around here without any money. And we have all these millions and billions of dollars. You know, it's just it's, it's, it's just weird. I mean, uh, coaches, and this is not against the coaches because, uh, you know, like I said, it's more the system than individuals. But, you know, coaches are making so much money from sneaker companies. And the kids get nothing. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. We'll return to our conversation after a word from our sponsor. This episode of Sports Business Radio is brought to you by Ergon Office, who manufacture beautiful, high-quality electronic standing desks. Co-founded by former hockey player Sam Finn, Ergon Office is on a mission to inspire people to live a more active lifestyle because the human body just wasn't meant to be sitting 13 hours a day. When I'm not in the recording studio, I have a home office and I like to alternate standing and sitting throughout the course of the day. If I don't, my back gets sore or it'll lock up. I also get an energy boost every time I stand and work or talk on the phone. Studies have proven alternating between sitting and standing leads to increased productivity and a reduction in muscle disorders like back pain or carpal tunnel, which cost society close to $50 billion annually in lost productivity and medical bills. What I love the most about Ergon Office is that the desks adjust using an embedded touchscreen, allowing you to switch seamlessly between a sitting and standing position in seconds. You can even save your preferred heights for more convenience. Ergon Office's height-adjustable desks are available in Canada and the United States. Change how you work and be healthier in the process. Ergon Office has beautiful, high-quality desks with a unique design, and they couldn't be easier to adjust. Their customer service is great, too, so they'll help you find the best desks that work for your needs. I'm a really big fan of this company. Check them out at ergonoffice.com backslash SBR and use the promo code SBR10 to get 10% off any standing desk. That's ergonoffice, E-R-G-O-N-O-F-I-S dot com backslash SBR, promo code SBR10. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Ergon Office. Now back to our conversation. Are the sneaker companies, you know, I believe the sneaker companies, while I understand their business model, I think you could really target them as the root of a lot of the 
things that are wrong with college athletics, whether it's on the basketball side or the seven on seven football culture, which is also very much like the AAU culture. Um, if, mm-hmm. if, if someone came out and said, okay, the sneaker companies are not allowed to do seven on seven camps or have anything to do with AAU basketball, would things change? No, I said, I don't, why would you, why is it the sneaker company fault? Because really, I think, what if the sneaker companies negotiated with the kids? Like, what if the sneaker companies, instead of you paying coaches, what if the sneaker companies just made deals for individuals on the teams? Like, why couldn't, why is that such a bad thing? Like, what if, you know, so I don't think it's the sneaker companies. Like, again, I think it's the system. I think you can figure out a way if those, if the sneaker companies want to give out money, then let them give out money. You know what I mean? If they're paying, cause at the end of the day, these kids are going to schools and the schools are getting the money for the sneakers, but the sneaker companies want the individual players. So at the end of the day, they're doing all this to get the players when they become pros. That's what it's about. So then if it's about the players, then let the sneaker companies deal with the players. So let's I don't I don't blame the sneaker company, that's a business. But then let everyone let everyone enjoy it. Right. So I mean let's use an example and I know you tweeted about this. So LeVar Ball just pro- pulled his son LaMelo out of high school and said I'm going to personally train uh-huh. him. So in this scenario that we're discussing right now, if LaMelo could make a deal with a sneaker company today if that was allowed you're saying that would be the way to go and, and let it be a free market and let him capitalize on all of the hype that's around him as he's why coming not? up. Right. Why not? Why not? That's why, I, you know, people are talking about LeVar Ball, but LeVar Ball is just trying to change the game. But, yeah, it's like they even talk about uh, LaMelo. He has a sneaker now, so he may be ineligible for NCAA. Why? Like, why would that happen? Why would you why would you tell a kid he can't come play in the NCAA because he's making money? Why would you do that? Any other kid can walk in there, they can create a business and then go to school and get an education. So why would you say because he's making money, no way. He can't come have this education. To me that says I wanna keep I wanna keep this for me. Like this is this I wanna keep this pot of gold for me. I don't wanna share it with the kid. Because otherwise, I mean, just think about it. There's no reason to say that if LaMelo Ball is making money, I don't care how much it is, that I can't, that he, as a kid, as a 17-year-old, 18-year-old kid that walked into college, you can't play in college basketball because you're already making money. That just doesn't make sense. Right. The way the rules are set up right now, how (laughs) difficult is it to run a clean program? Oh, I'm I'm sure at this point it's hard because you have to fight what's going on. So even if you're a clean program, uh, you know, it's, I mean, you're playing from behind the eight ball. You know, it's hard. It's tough. This is, you know, hopefully this situation. And I want to say this because I know a few of these guys. You know that this situation happened to. You know, book. Uh, uh, Richardson and uh, Lamont Evans. I, I know them. They're great guys, family men, fathers, and all that. And 
it's, it's sad because, you know, it's not, again, I don't think it's about individuals. I think it's about the system. You know, even Rick Pitino, like, I don't, I, I, I can't, I can't go after an individual because I think sometimes you, you can get caught up in the system and the culture and what's going on. So I think the top has to change. So everybody wants to, you know, these assistant coaches, Rick Pitino, you know, and everybody's throwing these hammers and, and I get it and I understand, but it's the whole culture. If you don't fix that, you're going to always have those guys. You don't know. Those guys may have a lot of pressure on them to get it players, you know, to keep their jobs. I'm not saying that's the case, but we don't know. Like, we don't know what's going on. You know, everybody's from the outside guessing and assuming, but we don't know. So, uh, again, I just think it has to be the whole system that changes. No, I don't disagree with anything that you've said. Um <laughs> You know, it's it's an interesting landscape for sure because, like you said, the way the rules are set up, it, it's hard when it's so competitive. I mean, if you looked at this as like Apple and Microsoft and IBM competing, um, you know, that's kind of what it's like when you're running a major college sports program is you're competing for the best talent and you're supposed to operate within the rules, but it's hard to do so if you want that best talent, right? Yeah, that's what it seems to be. And I think you can find that in more than just college basketball. Right. I mean, you know, all you got to do is, is watch the news or, you know, <laughs> read a paper or what have you. I mean, it, it happens all the time. You know, when you got, when you got competition, uh, jobs on the line, you know, the atmosphere is created and, and, you know, you're just a part of it. You know, now, you know, there's some, there's some bad apples out there. There's no question about it. You know, there's some good people who are kind of just sucked into it. And, uh, you know, I just think you have to create a different culture. And I don't know if you can ever just uh, get rid of it all, you know, just because of the competitive competitiveness and, you know, trying to keep a job and all that. But I think you have to do something about it now. I think it's gotten to the point where, you know, it's almost like this is what it's supposed to be. So, you know, hopefully, you know, they'll change, change the game a little bit. You are Kyrie Irving's godfather. A lot of people don't know that. It's funny, when I look at his game and I see the the way he gets to the hoop and the English he's using, the spin, all of that stuff off the glass, I go, that's Rod right there. So, like, how much influence have you had on Kyrie's game? No, see, this is, this is the... The misunderstanding with that. I am Kyrie's godfather. I'm very close. Me and his father have known each other since the third grade. You know, we spent almost every day together as you as, as young kids, and you know, now to this day, you know, great, great, great friends, great close families. But Kyrie, Dedrick, Dedrick, his father played basketball. We grew up in the Gauchos, so we grew up, you know, uh, uh, battling all the time, but. His father was a great basketball player. You know, if you go to New York City, everyone knows who he is. You know, he went to Boston University, and uh, he was the he was the uh, all-time scoring scorer there at one point. You know, I, I guess a couple guys may have gone over top of him now, but he kind of had that game. You know, he was a scorer. You know, he had the flips off the backboard, and you know, we kind of played similar. Except I was more of a point guard, probably more of a ball handler, and he was more of a scorer. So, 
Kyrie, that's his father. You know, all of that that you see from Kyrie is his father. Now, there could be some influences there because we grew up and, you know, we played together and, you know, Kyrie came up under us and all that, but that's his father. Sometimes I get embarrassed because people always try to put that kind of, you know, put that connection with me, but I'm so close to the family and that's, you know, one of my best friends. I, you know, that's, that's, he did that. You know what I mean? He, and, and I'm so proud of him and Kyrie and their family, but that's, that's his father, his father. And he was saying, if you hear him talk, favorite player and, you know, he pushes everything to his father because that's the guy. How much does Kyrie reach out to you for advice at this point? We talk every now and then. We talk every now and then. Uh, you know, if I see something going on, I'll reach out and things like that. But, I, you know, Kyrie's 25 years old. Kyrie's a great kid, uh, smart kid. Uh, and sometimes I think you have to just go through what you go through, and that's how you mature. But, uh, you know, my phone is always open and Kyrie's phone is always open. Rod, what's next for you? You've coached, you've played, you've got a great perspective. I mean, I really think, seriously, I'm not just saying this because you're on right now, but like, if they were putting together a committee of 10 people to reform college basketball, I think you should have a seat at that table because of all that you've seen. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, but right now, I'm just, I'm looking, I'm just, I'm trying to, uh, well, I'm talking to a couple NBA teams, trying to look at some situations. Uh, you know, I'm in the gym always with with, with, with my kids. Uh, I'm also working on a, a kids apparel line that kind of has a little education component to it. Uh, and, you know, just I'm, I'm a basketball guy. I, I, I do a podcast, uh, strictly speaking, uh podcast that's on uh, – I forgot the website, but I think you can get it on uh, iTunes and SoundCloud, uh, and that's 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 about it. Just just uh, trying to figure things out. You know, I would love to do some radio, some television. So I'm just I'm just looking at different opportunities. To be honest with you, well, let's. Oh, the, I'm sorry. Stri- I'm sorry. Strictly speaking, is on the Shadow League dot uh, com. Okay, and I think wasn't Rip Hamilton your your first guest? No, he was my last guest. Okay, I about ten, eleven episodes. He was the latest guest. Okay, yeah, I listened to it. It's good. So, strictly speaking, yeah, find yeah. it on on iTunes. And uh, well, we already said earlier that uh, you're on Twitter, and that's how I found you at yeah. Rod underscore yeah. Strickland, and and yeah. I enjoy your viewpoints on Twitter. Uh, give a quick plug for the apparel company. What's what's the name of that company? Well, I'm also on uh, Instagram, Rod underscore Strickland One, but the apparel company is called Sneechies, uh, and uh, it's, it's just it's, I've been doing it for a while. I'm, I'm finally getting to the point where I think I'm close to getting it out, but it just has an education piece to it. Just trying to promote, you know, and, and going back to the AAU thing, just trying to promote positivity and. Uh, like empower kids to just want to learn more, you know. So I trademark uh, "smart as the new cool," and I'm kind of going off of that, and and just trying to make, just trying to put some positive spin on, just empowering yourself to learn. You know, I think a lot of kids now, you know, come up in, and I came up in the sports world as, as well, 
and it's all about sports. And I think we're 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 missing out on a big opportunity. Uh, and even in this situation with the NCAA, hopefully this trickles all the way down to the education piece, and we take a, a different stance on that, and we kind of find a way to kind of get these kids to to kind of feel good about learning and not take that for granted. Because I think a lot of us, you know, a lot of young kids, you know, it's about basketball, not in their books, and so this is an opportunity for that as well. And uh, my apparel line is kind of connected to that. And I don't want to give all of it away. I, I know I probably should, but I'm I'm still trying to, you know, get it going and, and get it to where I want it. And then, uh, you know, I'll be back on promoting it somewhere. Well, keep us posted. Rod Strickland, longtime NBA player, member of the New York City Basketball Hall of Fame, started DePaul, first-round pick by the Knicks, coached at Memphis, Kentucky, and University of South Florida. Follow him on Twitter at Rod underscore Strickland, and he just gave out his Instagram handle as well. So follow him there. Listen to Strictly Speaking, his podcast. Rod, thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our Sports Business Radio Roadshow. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter at Boingo. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast. Go to iTunes, type in Sports Business Radio. We're rated in the top 50 business news podcasts. You can also find our show on Audio Boom via the TuneIn Radio and Stitcher apps, and of course at sportsbusinessradio.com. Follow me on Twitter in between shows at SB Radio. Follow us on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is David Stern. He's the commissioner of the NBA. It is always a pleasure, Brian. Bill Hancock, he's the executive director of the Bull Championship Series. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. My guest is Mickey Loomis. He's the executive vice president and general manager of the world champion New Orleans Saints. Pleasure to be with you guys. Mr. Allen, thanks for joining me. Thank you. My guest is Mark Emmert. He's the president of the NCAA. Oh, happy to join you. My pleasure. My guest is Eric Spolstra. He's the head coach of the Miami Heat. Brian, appreciate it. Glad to, glad to be on the show. Mr. Nicholas, it's an honor to have you on Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Brian. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our free iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio.